Hello. Thank you for listening to and watching You Had Options. This episode, I have Sal Ellington from the very hot uh, Boston punk rock band Rebuilder. Check them out on Instagram at Rebuilder Boston. Uh, they have a cool single out called Monuments. They also have, um, they did a, a, a streaming show that we talk about um, that they have vinyl on sale for from the, the live recording. Go check them out. Um, yeah, they're great. Great conversation with Sal. Could have talked to him all day. Um, yeah, thank you guys for watching and listening. Uh, find You Had Options on Instagram at You Had Options. If you want to find me, it's at MikeyXMoney. Yeah, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy. Thank you again for joining me. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. Hell yeah! I was uh, I was commenting on your uh, your your nice the biz velvet. Is it velvet? Yeah. What is it? I think so. Like velvet velour, you know. Velour, just as nice. Velour, just as nice for sure. Yeah. I mean, it does it does keep keep me warm during these winter months in New England. Fuck, so. Dude. I can't complain. The summertime, it got real hot <laughs> to shoot the interviews in the, this outfit. <laughs> is is there a, a you know a summer? Are you gonna have a summer uniform? Maybe. Um, the zip up like like velour, like the one pieces. Um, those ones are a lot thinner and lighter. So usually I try to wear those in the summertime. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> These are things that you just learn as you go. Right. Well, you got to cut your teeth, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh shit. Of course. Um, the biz is, is your, your very fun podcast that, uh, yeah. you've been doing. Uh, was that just a product of, of, uh, not, being able to do band stuff and just uh, another outlet to no it kind of started because like i the the music business is just very hilarious right you know? yeah. like if for anyone that's like ever watched like spinal tap like we all laugh at the jokes not because it's like fake <laughs> like we laugh because it's, it's real. true yeah you know and in being in bands and working for bands, just the scenarios you find yourself in are just so laughable. Right. Um, and I started putting them on, I put, I would like find myself in situations and put these like small snippets on my Instagram. Cause I thought it was funny. Yeah. Uh, and you know, like I heard that this person who I know was a music business teacher and I was like, I don't know how that person's a music business teacher. They know nothing about the music business. So I was like, if they can be a music business teacher, I guess I can 
in the class of Instagram. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, so I started posting these things. People thought it was funny. Um, I thought it was funny to kind of ask some of the musicians and stuff that I know, like these very kind of um, tongue in cheek questions, you know, but again, are true in the business. Right. And people seem to enjoy it. So I started like, you know, so then when COVID happened, I started to maybe do longer interviews and like maybe ask some real questions in right. it. Cause it's like, what else am I supposed to do during this? But I get really lazy with it because, um, you know, if this was my full-time job, I'd be like, Oh, this is sick. I can do this Hell for yeah. a living, <laughs> but um, it's not. So, you know, I still have to like find ways to make money. Right. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, Oh, I don't even have anyone lined up to interview. Um, but, uh, I, I gotta start getting back into it. Hell yeah, man! I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I watched, I watched the one you did with the Michael J. That was that was a good one. I enjoyed that. That was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked that one a lot too because like he was he kept just talking in hypotheticals, and I was like, I need to know the real stories in this. Right. Well, he did. Uh, I'm glad he brought up uh, one story of of being in in Mobile and playing a show with us that I enjoyed. Yeah. Wait, well, was that one, was that the one where they were, they were fighting, they were fighting outside. Yeah. yeah that's great. I'll tell you, know, people go, go to Sal's Instagram and, and watch the Michael J one. Cause it's, it's a good one. <laughs> Michael J Wolf. Uh, but yeah, uh, man, yeah, it's fun. Uh, I always think it's very funny when like, when that, like what happens when that ha- like when that happens when like when everyone's had enough of each other yeah. and there's like a full on brawl in the parking lot yeah like and you guys and like it's even worse if you have to like go home together like in the it, van yeah. <laughs> and you know it's uh and you know as good as anybody you're you know when you're in a band with somebody you're in a relationship with them you know for for all practical purposes you know right it's so right it's going to get heated sometimes and weird (laughs) for sure. And I mean, luckily in rebuilder, like everyone in rebuilder, I genuinely like a lot. And I think like, that's why we've kind of like really, we've never really had those situations in the band, but my older bands, I mean, there was dudes in that band. I was like, I hate that dude. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that for sure. You know, like I think one of my old bands, there was like there was a kid who played drums simply just because um, he was a good drummer. And I I guess like he had been wanting to play in a band. So a buddy of mine was like, well, he's he's fine. Like, you know, he could play. And I was like, cool. But he hated punk rock, which was a weird thing to join a punk rock band. Right. (laughs) And uh, we never got along ever. And. I just in my head all the time was just like this fucking guy. This guy sucks so bad. <laughs> was was he like a metal guy? He was a metal guy. I was. was I, I knew guy. it. I already knew. Mm-hmm. And like me being a drummer, um, like growing up, like you know, I, I I was always very particular about who plays drums with us. Yeah. And I remember he, like he played with us once like some practices and stuff. And I was like, okay, like he definitely understands the fundamentals of drumming and stuff like that. Uh, and then like after like a week or something, like 
he showed up with like double bass pedals. Hell yeah. That that up. <laughs> and was like, I was like, what is that? And he's like, it's my double bass, man. I was like, yeah, you won't need that in this band. And he was like, oh, I'll show you. And like, just put it everywhere. Cause that's what anyone that has a double bass doesn't know how to control themselves. So <laughs> I got it. <laughs> and I was like, dude, this, I was like, no, that's terrible. I'll let you do it this practice. And I'm going to tell you every time it's terrible. And it was terrible. Right. And I was like, you don't use that in this band anymore. <laughs> he showed, he showed like, up with this China symbol and his rack mounted toms. There was a China symbol. There yeah. was a China symbol. I was just like, God, I can't, I can't handle this shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's just funny how like going back to to the biz, how like universal a lot of stories are because I've had that same exact you know situation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me see. Oh shit. Um, yeah, but you guys, uh, you guys were able to do a pretty cool. Uh, uh, it wasn't live. You guys filmed it. It, right, we filmed it. What? What? You, I guess just a, a streamed show. What do you? I call it a live show. Live, it was a show, live yeah. show. Yeah, 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 yeah. It it was uh, it was probably one of the hardest things we've ever had to do. I bet I will say that. Yeah, like I, I thought it would be easier than it was. Yeah. Like I knew it would be a lot of work, but like I guess if you ask me when we just like when me and Daniel thought of the idea to do it, um. I thought to myself, like, well, we've planned, we've, you know, we've done tons of things that have been like really difficult to plan, but we've pulled it off. I mean, Mm -hmm. our our New Year shows that we've typically done every year have been a lot of work, but they've always done really well. Uh, And this is one that like when we were into it, I was like having anxiety attacks being like, this might be the dumbest thing we've ever done. Like this might not work out and it'll be like. A real, be a real good lesson for everyone yeah. if it doesn't work out but um yeah i mean i like at the beginning stages of it i was like trying to be very adamant about it actually being live oh, and okay. um in talking to some other bands that have done them that were like bigger bands uh i was like did you pre-record and everyone i talked to was like yeah we pre-recorded absolutely they were like you know that way we could take the audio file, like put it into like a session and like make sure everything sounds really good. Right. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, I really want this thing to sound really good. I want it to look really good, too. Yeah. Um, and with those two things, it was just kind of like we can make this sound and look really good if we take the live element out. Because there's just so many factors that go into that, even being like, where could we do this thing? Are they going to have high speed internet where we could even be able to do that? Right. And once we got rid of that element, it was kind of like, okay, we, and like, it even came down to where once we got rid of the PA system, we didn't do it with a PA system at all. Okay. Um, we're like, oh, then we can actually do this anywhere, anywhere that looks cool. We can do this in. And I remembered that my buddy had a barn that, my old band recorded in a long, long time ago. And I was like, I just texted him. I was like, I think we can use your barn. Like, I know it's not a studio anymore. Like what's in there. He's like, it's just my, dr-. he's like, I, my drums are in there. I practice in there. Like, yeah. he's like, I got a family now. I don't do music. And I was like, sick, man. Can we borrow that barn? And he was like, yeah, man. Like as long as you guys are safe about everything. And like, you know, we made sure everyone had negative tests and like we all wore masks. The only time we took our mask off was when we were actually playing. Right. Um, but 
you know, we did we did two days where it was like a day of prep, getting everything ready so that the next day we could come in and just be like, all right, today we can hit record. Right. Everything's ready to go. Um, and it was really awesome to do it that way, because like even thinking back now, I'm like, if we if it was a live element, holy shit, it would have been a nightmare. Like there was so many times where we were like. Even the day before, I was like, I think the audio is good to go. And it wasn't. And it's like hours later, still trying to figure out why no one can hear stuff in their in-ears and things like that. And I was like, man, if this was live, this would be the worst thing you would be watching right now. Just some dudes in a barn. Yeah. 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 It cost us like $1,700 in the end of the day to, to, to make that show, to put it together. And now, and luckily we got sponsors. Like, Fuck you. I emailed a bunch of companies and I was just like, these, I was like, they're pretty low packages. You know, I understand that, you know, it's hard for businesses to make money right now, even us as a band business. Right. Um, but we were able to get like $1,100 and then the show cost 17 by the time, by the time we were done with all the expenses. And then I think we sold something like 220 tickets, which I did not expect at all. Like I thought there was a while where we were at like, 30 tickets and I was like all right um I don't think there'll be any money left over at all like and like our friend Jay Moss who did the audio like I he he was just down to do this as a fun thing and right. I, I remember I said to him I was like well we can split ticket sales that way if it's like terrible like we both lose. <laughs> he, was like, he was like, yeah, man, like, that's fine. Like, that's fine. And so I was like, I was like, oh, man, there might not be any money to go around. Like, I really hope I was like, we could probably still pay you out of like some savings that we have. But like, I was like, oh, this might only be like 30 people watching. And then it got to 50 and I was like, OK, I feel better about 50, like 50. Like, that's cool that people bought. And then, you know, there's things that you learn as you go on, like, like, you know, we put it out there and it's one of those things where we factored in. We're like, typically Rebuilder can do like 100 people in a room easily in Boston. Right. But what does that look like on the Internet where we have fans all over the place? Yeah. Can we rely on getting everyone to like tune in on the Internet or not? Um, and, you know, once we put it up, like, it, you know, once after we actually had it recorded, I was like, we need a trailer for this thing. Like, we need something that visually people can see the quality of it and think, oh, this isn't just an iPhone live stream. Yeah. I should buy a ticket for this because once we put that up, we sold more tickets and then it became more like, okay. We're at like 75. We're closer to 100 tickets. I was like, if we get to 100 tickets, I will be very, very happy with 100. I'll be like, cool. This feels like a thing that was worth doing. It's not a lot of money to go around, but it's fine. And it was just like, okay, having something visual for people to see rather than just like a flyer yeah. that says like, um, this is what's happening helps a lot. And I mean, I think that my, that's like a thing that I've learned even just in like other elements too. like we're also used to putting flyers online and putting really nice flyers. You know, and we yeah. like we paid Tom Lowell to make a really nice flyer for us because he's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's always helped. But like y- there's something to be said about just vid- videos in general, even just small snippets. It's just like those things help sell for sure. And it was we were able to push it more. 
And then I think as we got closer and closer, I think I, I didn't get updates as ticket sales were done. I would get updates on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays from noon chorus. And I think it was like the day before the show or like the day of, I was like, okay, we're at one, like one thirty, And I was like, this is awesome. Like we're at one thirty. Like, I think we're good. And at the end of it, it was two twenty. We, you know, split half of it with Jay Moss. The other half, we literally just put it into like putting out the vinyl, um, uh, version of the show. Oh, right. Yeah. So, so the, uh, is the vinyl being put out through anybody or is it just you guys just putting it out? It was just us, which is like another like like you like again, you learn all these biz tricks as you go into it. it you is. know, like, yep. like I I learned early on, like, you know, I, I remember talking to a band and they were like a lot of times we look at record labels and we're like, you have to just look at what they have to offer you, you yeah. know. And if it's just a credit card, then it's like you can open up a credit card in your name and that's it, you know. And with this, we didn't want to make a lot of copies. We only wanted to make like 250. And we all know, like if you go into looking into pressing anything, the price break point is always like 500 or a thousand makes sense. You know, we didn't want 500 copies of this record around, Um, but we wanted to put this out because people were were asking us if we were going to do something like this. So I was like, okay. So looking into it, looking into all the companies that put out vinyl, they're all just middlemen, all yeah. these different websites. And they all just have different prices and different break breakpoints. And I, I found, I was like, okay, this one site seems like you can get 250 to 300 copies of the record for around 15 or 1600 before shipping. And I was like, okay, that's not too bad. I think that even like, you know, if we sell half of them, we would make back the cost of everything. And like, it won't be hard for us. Like once live shows happen again to get rid of the other copies of the record for sure. Um, It's something that I think someone would pick up at a merch table for sure. Once the 250 is gone, we'll never press it again. It'll just be this one time thing that we've done. And um, just looking into like all the companies I would see that they offer very similar things. And I was like, I think they're using the same company. So then like Pirate Press, I knew uh, presses in like the Chess Republic. Right. And that's, uh, and I knew that like some other labels too. So I just started looking on there and found that it's all like G- like GZ Media in the Chess Republic. So I went directly to their site, translated it to English <laughs> and went what it looked like to put in an order in there instead of going through the middlemen. and they wrote me back and they gave me a quote and it was higher than the middleman quote than going directly damn and um and then it was actually uh adam from say 10 i hit him up and i was like who do you use for when he was like oh hit up like a to z media you can like here's the contact and i hit them up and the pricing they gave me was way lower than any of the other sites that were out there and I'm pretty sure that they use GZ Media as well. It's the same one. Like, there's really only about like ten or less plants in the whole like world, world yeah. to get like this this right. done, you know. And with that, I was like, okay. And I sent them everything, and the price point was great. And I think we've like we've already put the deposit down, so it's already being made. 
But I was like looking at that and I was like, okay, like it really just kind of puts into perspective, like what do you need the label for? Because if we got a record label to put this out, like let's say even like say 10 was like, I'll put out this record, right? Right. And if they put up the money for it, it's like, well, we had the money to do it. So we didn't need the money to do it. Um, the PR behind it, it's like, yes, if you pay a lot of money for PR, you can get this whole campaign. But when we're only trying to sell 250 copies of the record and we're not trying to lose money on this thing, then there's really no budget for PR, you know? And it's like, we have, you know, we have people that have covered us before and I can always reach out to them and like get a little bit of press on it. Like, you know, dying scene and punk news and and like new noise, stuff like that. So, and if we know that we're going to like, probably sell off all 250 um by the time this you know this thing is done like once we can play shows again then it's kind of like we really don't need a label for this because we're not trying to lose money on it it'll move there's only a couple of new songs on it most of the stuff you know it's a live set it's more for people that like watched it or like like to kind of collect records in that sense Versus when you're putting out a new record, you're like, okay, these are all new songs. I want to try to make the band bigger than what we previously was. Right. Um, so we do need to pay more. Like we need to pay for a campaign. We need a record label who we're looking more to use their like social media presence or audience numbers to try to grow the band in that sense. But for like a live like record, we were just like, yeah, we're, that's not what this is trying to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think that's I think that's cool. <clears throat> I was just picturing you uh, <laughs> trying to translate uh, in, into in, into Czech or dude Google Translate. <laughs> yeah, I, I just love it. Uh, yeah, I remember I remember uh, I think when we were trying to we we put out a full length in 2019. I think whenever we were trying to get that pressed. Uh, there was like a fire at like one of the the pressing plants. I remember the fire at the plant. Yeah, yeah. and I was just like, I was just like, there's no other place. And like you were saying, there's <laughs> there's literally only ten places, you know. And so yeah. they're like, we're backed up six months because the fire. And I'm like, shit. <laughs> it's great, and I mean, like I remember that even being a thing where I was talking. Like, I think in, like, the records that we were doing, they were like, well, you're going to have to wait until after Record Store Day happens in April yeah, that too, in yeah. order to get your record done. Because right. everyone, you know, because that became a thing. It right. was just like all the plants were just like, shit, now we have this weird April deadline where we need to get everything done by. Yeah. Taylor Swift is putting out a limited, you know, RSD. Yeah. Like, and yeah, for Target. Yeah, for Target. So we got, <laughs> we got to press a million copies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's wild, man. Um, it's 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 just crazy because like, uh, I hope that this doesn't happen with CDs. <laughs> I don't want to make another CD ever again. Yeah, yeah. The um, one place that I'm interested in doing something with is um, Third Man Records. They have their pressing plant. I know it's a little bit more expensive, but I right. Don't, I, don't, I I would hope it'd be like better quality, like vinyl. I don't know. I don't know. And that's the thing is that like, what's, what's the quality like line, but you know, I mean, I get, I'm, I'm guessing it's good. It's great. Just because like, yeah, I've been to third man a couple of times. I've seen the plan. It's awesome. Yeah. It's super cool. And I've always said that, like, I think everything that Jack White does is amazing except for his music. Yeah. That, that's the same (laughs) for me. Like, uh, I don't like anything he's done musically at all. 
Uh, but he's he's like the fact that he's taken his money and been like, yeah, I'm going to make a, a record plan that like it might lose money. But like, why do I care? I'm I, fucking rich. Man, as long <laughs> as long as there are, you know, soccer games where Seven Nation Army is going to be playing, you know, he's making money. He's making money. And like even when I went there seeing that, like he's bought the rights to like a lot of old. Yeah. Um, like Detroit music, like black music in, in, yeah. in that, in that city and repress stuff that like probably people wouldn't have wouldn't been have. able to hear again. Right. Cause these labels folded so long ago. I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, I love that this guy does this with his money and I'm willing to bet that his like record plant is like top quality. Um, but I remember I ordered a hives record from him, like the live, the live hives set that he did. And it was like, so moderately priced. I think it was like 15 bucks for the record. And I think the shipping was like something so cheap. I think it was like five or $6. And yeah. I was like, this is awesome because I, I probably would have expected third man to be like, yep, yeah, it's like a $20 record. And the shipping is probably like close to $10, you know, yeah. um, which, which would be fine. I mean, that's usually normally what things cost. But again, I think this guy just like, he loves, having that plant and being able to do that. And yeah. for him, he's like, let's just make things affordable that way. Um, but it, you know, it's definitely a cool plant. There's one in, in Portland as well called like cascade records. And then there's Burlington record plant in Vermont, which is awesome that they're like smaller record label record plants in the U S so you could probably save money if you can drive through and pick them up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we stopped at the third man, um, in Nashville and, uh, yeah, it was just so cool. Everything it was so, it was re- literally like Willy Wonka type stuff right. for music. Right. And uh Yeah. Yeah, and uh but and it was even cooler that so much stuff is under wraps. They're like, "Okay, no cell phones past this point." Yeah. yeah. If I see you take a cell phone out, you know, you're going to have to leave. They'll stab you. Yeah. <laughs> stab you. <laughs> well, uh, well, you know, do you, are you uh, do you remember in The Godfather where they're taking pictures at the wedding? And a guy, he, he, they, he grabs the camera and just snaps it in half. I, I imagine <laughs> right, that. Would, right, right, right. I imagine right, that exactly. something like that would happen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting to me that you guys are, well, you guys are big Hives fans, right? Yes. Because yes. you guys did the, the, Hives, the Hives cover set. Cover right. set at Fest. Um, th- yeah. They're one of my favorite bands, I think, just because... Their songs are sick, obviously, but then their whole live uh, performances are just stupid good. Right. That I mean, that set came. The catalyst for that was kind of like me and my brother. Yeah. Uh, my brother Diego, that plays in Ramona. Um, we just we love the hives, and it was one of those things where we had finished doing the Blink cover sets, and uh, I don't think a lot of the dudes in the band wanted to do another cover set i always enjoyed them so i was just like you know like the opportunity came up again and i was like i was i said to my brother i was like should we submit to do the hives cover set i was like me and you will just figure out who wants to do it and he was like oh absolutely and i was like great so like submit it um we got the okay i remember i went to practice and i was like there's me and my brother are going to try to do a hives cover set I was like, I know some of you guys don't want to do a cover set this year, but um, I was like, if you're, you know, what do you guys think? And I think like someone was like, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't think Rebuilder has to do a cover set this year. Um, however, if there is a Hive cover set happening, I I'll would play it. in that one. Yeah, and then you know, and then I think Brandon was like, "Yeah, I mean, I would do that too." And then like Daniel was like, uh, "I mean, if everyone else is in, I guess I'm in." <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I was like, "Great, awesome!" You know, I'm glad that this is how we have to arrive at the point. <laughs> you know, um, but you know, it was it was a lot of fun to do. And I, I mean, I remember being in high school and I would like often go to the epitaph.com uh, just website. Right. And on the epitaph site, they had like right in the middle, it was like stuff to listen to. And, you know, they had, it was like during the time of like a lot of Burning Heart stuff um, coming out, which yeah. was like the Euro subsidiary. And I saw the hives on there and I listened to it and I was like, all these songs are so good this band's going to be huge, but I couldn't get any other records in the U S and, um, they came to Boston. They played the middle East. Like that place holds like, I think 500 or less. Yeah. And I couldn't get in because I wasn't old enough. Then the next year, um, they were on the Spider-Man soundtrack. (laughs) And I saw that Sony like Warner was like putting out their the record, the same record that had kind of already been out for almost like three or four years at that point. Um, we're putting it out in the U S and yeah. it, you know, the way it was presented was like, you know, this is a brand new band. This is their brand new record and it's out. And then I saw them play the Roxy, which was like, uh, I think a thousand cap room. And it was one of the greatest shows I'd ever seen. And I've been, you know, then they blew up. They got huge. I've been a fan since then. And then their live show there, they did, they did like a live stream and theirs was right. like really live. And it was like billed as like a like a, like a tour, tour. because um, did you get to watch any of those? I watched them all. <laughs> I, I was like, I was. I said to my brother, I was like, I haven't paid money for any live stream at all. Right. Like, I don't really get a lot of enjoyment out of these. Like you know, in like coming from a guy that made a live stream, you know, like that's why when we did ours, I was like, it really has to be good because live streams like are kind of lame, right. um, or they're they're they can be done really poorly and they look lame, you know. Yeah. And I was like, the hives really don't half-ass shit, though. No. So, you know, I said to my brother, I was like, do you want to go in on a ticket together? And he was like, I think I'm good with one show. And I was like, I think I want to watch them I all. I need to watch them all. Because <laughs> you know? they were... So he... Yeah, sorry, go on. I mean, like, so like, yeah, we... And then another buddy of ours, he was like, if you're going in on that full pass, too, I'll go in on that full pass. Because it was like 75 bucks, you know, which is like a lot, but like not a lot for like six shows. Yeah, but like yeah. still... So we just split like, you know, once we realized that the login worked at all times for everybody, (laughs) we uh, all three of us split it and I watched every single one. And I was so, so happy that I got the whole entire thing because the first one, even though it was awesome, was probably the worst of them just because it was like the first one. Exactly. You know, and one thing that made me so excited was watching Pele struggle to sing on that first set um because when we were learning them i was like i don't know how he's singing this high for this long i'm like losing my voice i can feel like it starts to get really tight and i i can't project project as much and um watching him on the same it's a lot of the the songs off of tyrannosaurus hives have that um as they go on later you hear he's, he's able to sing in his lower register and go high and be able to like 
be in a comfortable comfortable spot yeah. where on Tyrannosaurus hives, he's kind of always singing high at all times for a very long time. Um, and when I saw him struggle with that, I was like, this makes me feel so much fucking better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The man himself was even struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you watch them? No, I just, uh, I just saw some of the, uh, the videos that they were posting. Um, yeah, I should have watched. I don't know why I didn't, but, uh, they looked sick. I mean, obviously the production looked crazy, you know? Yeah. Uh, they the, there was like things I didn't like that they had one cam. It was just one camera the right, whole time. Yeah, but and the person's that. walking around, which kind of gives you the sense of like you know, like this is live. And it's one feel, yeah. and I understand like having the multi camera. I guess maybe would have like brought in some editing aspects that they couldn't do. So they did just did one camera the whole time, but they also did where you could call in through like WhatsApp. I saw and they that, had the yeah. phone. <laughs> the, like, Dude, red, the phone red was phone. the thing, the biggest shit show. Yeah. It like barely worked. And like when it did, like someone's like loud voice would come through, but it made it really funny because like they, you could tell that they knew it was a shit show every time they had to go pick it up. And you knew cause yeah. you saw the other ones and you're just like, Oh God, what's going to happen when they try to answer this phone? It was, it was pretty funny though. Were they, uh, so you're saying they build it as like a, a worldwide web world tour mm-hmm. and uh, were they, were they playing at different times? Were they playing? Cause one was like Sydney. One of the yeah. dates was Sydney. Were they playing at like two in the morning or where they are? Yeah. 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 Like I, I think me and my brother looked up to see like, what was the time? Like we had our time. So like, I think Sydney was like, yeah, two or 3 AM for us. And I was like, I ain't fucking staying up to watch that, yeah. but it was viewed for 24 hours. So oh, I saw okay. it later when I got up. Um, but like we, me and my brother looked and we're like, yeah, their time, this show, they played at like 1 AM this show, they played at like 11 AM their time, yeah. you know, but for, for whichever city it was geared towards, I think it was always around like seven or eight o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, y'all's y'all set was it? Can people watch it still, or was it just up for? Um, they can still watch it through if you go to our Bandcamp. Oh, okay. Um, and you just buy the audio. Uh, it'll come with a download. Uh, it has, there's like a there's like a PDF document that has um links so that you can download it through our our uh my Dropbox account. Okay. Um, yeah. So like if you buy the vinyl or if you just any, any, any sort of thing with the record, if it's just the audio or the vinyl or anything, you get access to all the audio and you get the video as well. We'll probably make it available at some point, like via like, just like YouTube. So anyone can watch it or stuff like that. But in the, you know, for everyone that like bought it early enough, we want to make sure they have like first special time. You know? Yeah. 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 Uh, can you tell me the story of the picture behind you? This one? Yes. Of you, uh, for, for people just listening, uh, and people not familiar with Sal, there is a, uh, iconic, I, w- I, I, if I may be so bold, iconic, uh, image of you. The selfies. Self- <laughs> selfies, yes. Iconic picture of you on a bed of roses on yeah, top of a bed. Very American beauty. Yeah. Was the, was the inspiration yeah, for okay. that. Uh, that one came, well, I mean. The way this the selfies just came about was that I was bored, which I think a lot of the things I do come about that way. Right. But um, yeah, I think we were on tour once and like Snapchat had just come out. I went to use the bathroom in the cafe that we were at and the cafe had a giant tree and then the whole wall was a huge mirror. 
And I was like, well, this is the best opportunity I've ever seen in my life. So I just like stripped down, got behind the tree and took a picture and then like kind of like sent it to everyone in my band. And like, they were just like, this is terrible. Please don't do this anymore. <laughs> and so <laughs> and you I had to like, do it more. Yeah. I mean, the second you say that, I was right. like, I did that the whole tour. Well, shit. Um, and it was, uh, it was, it was funny. I just would find different scenarios in and then like, uh, I, I didn't post them on Instagram yet. And then, uh, as like they got more creative, I thought it was funny enough and I was like pretty shy and I was just like, yeah, I don't know if I want to put this on the internet. And then I like, I did. And like my internet account blew up, like my Instagram blew up where people were just like, this is the best thing I've ever right. seen. People wanted to see it more. And I was like, all right. I, I was like, it, it kind of like gave me like, it kind of took away like a lot of like my shyness and social aspects and things like that. Right. Cause I just stopped caring. I was just like, I just don't care anymore. Damn. And I feel like a lot more confident now just cause like, it's like, you're always just like, well, what's the worst can happen now? I've jumped in, you know? So it's like, who, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so then, you know, I just thought they were funny enough. And then once I started making merch of it, like this is a blanket was because like a, a Groupon came up where you could get blankets wherever the fuck you want on it. And I was like, I guess I'll make some Why selfie not? blankets. Oh, yeah. um, th- I remember this one was like, I, my aunt owns a flower shop in uh, Brighton, Mass, like right near me. And uh, I always have to help her every Valentine's Day deliver flowers. And I was like, do you have a bag of like roses, rose petals? And she was like, yeah, yeah, I have like a couple bags, like, you know, and she's like, what are you trying to do something nice for your girlfriend? And I was like, no, I'm trying to take some pictures. And so I went home and like, I, uh, you know, I didn't have like an iPhone stand or anything. And so I I took my mic stand and I, I raised it as high it could possibly go and put it on a box and taped my phone to it with gaff tape and like got the angle right. And then opened up an app where when you clap, it would have a countdown to take the pictures. So there I am like on my bed, fucking ass naked with roses on me, just clapping, waiting for the picture. (laughs) Man, (laughs) dedication to art, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's still everyone's favorite. I mean, like, you know, there's, there's been some other really good ones, but that's always the one that comes down to where it's just like, I don't know. There's something so artistic and so stupid about it. <laughs> Man, I love it. Well, I, uh, I, I see the uh, American Beauty uh, yeah. inspiration, but it reminded yeah. me of Prince in some way, too. Like, I love that. I could see <laughs> yeah. Prince doing a picture like this, you know? Yeah. I mean, there there's so many provocative photos of Prince, too, where he's just like... All of them. All of them are know, provocative. All of them. All of them. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure if we did a quick Google search, you'd see Prince like laying down somewhere with his guitar or some shit. I don't know. (laughs) I love Prince. I I remember being a kid and hated Prince because my mom loved Prince. My mom played Prince all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just like, I was like, she was really, my dad was like into rock and roll. My mom was into like disco and Prince and I hadn't played guitar. So I kind of didn't really care of like how talented Prince was at guitar. I was like a teenager, listening to the vandals because i think josh freeze is like the best drummer right being like josh freeze fucking sick and like just looking at other drummers and like learning to play drums and just like didn't really really dive into that yeah and it wasn't until i got older and got into like 
a lot more soul music and like started playing guitar. I was just like, you know what? Prince is fucking sick. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Yeah. The, um, one of my favorite videos of, of Prince is him uh, playing While My Guitar Gently Weeps. At the all those people, George and he Harrison kills it. <laughs> yeah. He fucking he's got his bodyguard who he's obviously been like, "Hey, I'm gonna try and fall off stage at one point, and you got to push me back up on stage." And I don't think that conversation ever happened. You think you think he's just watching him? <laughs> I think I think that guy was just watching him, and it was. I think that guy has been like, "I've been working for Prince long enough to know that this motherfucker just does whatever, so I can't take my eyes off." <laughs> <laughs> you're right now that i think about it i think you're right so but fuck. i love that clip i love watching that clip on youtube all the it's time so, it's just it's just so great i watch it every once in a while it'll just pop up in my brain i'm like i'm just gonna watch this clip because it's gonna make me feel good i know it's gonna it be just good always makes you feel good like right. he he looks great he's he's just he's he's it's so effortless for him you can tell that what ah. he's doing he's just like this is not. This is it. I was I was taking a I was taking a nap 15 minutes ago, you know, and now I just I just walked out on stage. That's that's yeah. you know the level level of uh of effortlessness. Um, Have you ever seen the uh the Kevin Smith clips talking about Prince? Oh yeah, what, at the uh, I forgot what university, but he's talking at like a university about yeah. the documentary that he was yeah the documentary oh fuck that's one of my favorite stories <laughs> for sure dude all the time i like i show people that and i'm like i was like you got to put some time aside because it's long it's like 45 it's minutes worth, right yeah yeah it's worth the watch every for single sure, yeah you if, know if you like prince it is definitely worth a watch for sure yeah because i mean i i i've always felt the same way as kevin smith that watching that i was just like yeah like where does he shop like, you know, like, how does he get his clothes and things right. like that? And I'd always thought that same things. Um, and so I was like really happy to see like someone like like Kevin Smith who's like very down to earth having to yeah. deal with Prince right. you know, and being like, this is whack. This is so crazy. I love the uh, yeah, there's the one bit he talks about where uh, he's like, like Prince's assistant is like uh, talking to him about like how Prince has shitty knees and he's like, yeah, <laughs> he's like, well, is it because like the high heels that he wears, you know? And then then Kevin Smith just talks like somehow his knees come up like his knee injuries. And then uh, doesn't he uh, doesn't he say like, oh, have you tried wearing like different shoes? And like that was the end of the conversation. And then the assistant comes back. And it's like, you didn't bring up his you didn't talk about the shoes, the did you? <laughs> yeah. Like, are like, you yeah, I did. Are you insane? Why would you talk about the shoes? Right, right. And then just right. the whole, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and ruin if somebody hasn't seen it and they're listening to this. The, I mean, uh, there's so many aspects of it. You can't ruin Right. The uh, Just the whole, he, Kevin Smith is like, I think, uh, you know, I think I'm done with the movie. And there's like, cool. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. What? There's no like goodbye or anything right. like that. Just like, just whatever, you and know. It's just like. Which is, it's just so, it's, I mean. There's people like that who, like, I don't think Prince doing that is Prince being, trying to be a dick. No. I just think there's, like, there's people like that who just, like, they're so creative. Right. They don't think like we do. And unfortunately, they made so much money that they can stay in that world. Right. Uh, You know, I'm a huge Fishbone fan. 
Okay. And I think that like someone like Angela Moore is very similar to like Prince and how he thinks and how he deals with the world. But unfortunately, Angela Moore is not as rich like as Prince was where like he could fucking just hire a bunch of people. And he's like, I'm just going to be my crazy self all the time. People are going to take care of it. I don't know I'm crazy and it's fine because like I can just kind of keep being a genius Um, because like, you know, I've seen like tons of fishbone documentaries and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, Angela's like very creative, but he also has to like live with his like mom. And like, I don't think that he like has a lot of ways of making money besides just like trying to like every once in a while he'll like put up a t-shirt and be like, buy my t-shirt. Yeah. Got my face on it and some words I wrote and like the link doesn't work, yeah, you know, and you're just Why like, would it? yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it's like, I was like, I kind of, I wish Fishbone blew up to the point where he can kind of just be that and be rich and like, just deal to just, just be that guy. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, have you seen under the cherry moon, the Prince movie? I've never seen it. It's it's worth a watch. Uh, I would, is I would, it? It's uh it's insane. You know, purple <laughs> purple rain is a good movie. Just like right. from a, a movie standpoint of like, oh, sure. here's the story, and right. it makes sense. You know, right. there's there's a rise, there's conflict, there's, yes. You know, you know, there's a, it peaks at a, at a certain point. Uh, but under the cherry moon, it was it was like Warner Brothers was like, okay, purple rain made us a lot of money. So we'll just give Prince whatever he wants. And so that's what they did. Right. And it's just <laughs> insane. Def, definitely uh, definitely worth a watch if you're a Prince fan. I don't know if, if you're not a Prince fan, you might just be like, this doesn't make any damn sense. I feel that way with, uh, you know, I'm a big Twin Peaks fan. I love yeah. everything that David Lynch has done. But like Fire Walk With Me is not a good movie. Right. Like it's not a good movie. It's like it, it's it it. As a Twin Peaks fan to watch it and kind of like see some other storylines and kind of like dive more into like the fandom of it. It completely is awesome to watch. But like I would never tell anyone just to watch that movie just as like a a movie like lover. Right. You know, like those are some deep cuts. Yeah. 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 I've been meaning I haven't watched Lost Highway. I've been meaning to watch Lost Highway. Um, But uh, did you watch? Uh, David Lynch came out with a short movie on on Netflix called like What Did George Do? Did you watch no. that? Is it just like some weird ass claymation and shit like that? It's it's in it's like fifteen minutes long, but it's it's a trip because it's yeah. like I think the whole thing was he was like I made I made all this furniture and so I'm just gonna make a movie about you know using this furniture or whatever yeah right. And, uh, it's, it involves a talking, talking monkey, uh, (laughs) and David Lynch is interrogating him. Oh man, it's, it's worth, you know, it's not as much of a time sink as a normal. Sure. I mean, uh, to dive in 15 minutes or 20 minutes to watch something like creative like that is fine. I mean, you know, there's like with David Lynch films, I, I like them because like visually they're pleasing. They're very interesting. They're like super fucking weird where you're like you usually have to look up online theories and things about it. And you're probably going to have to watch it a couple other times. And like, you just typically don't see movies like that. And I, it's kind of the same. It's, it's the same way as like some music you listen to, like 
it's simple and very straightforward and you know what it is and right. you enjoy it. But there's stuff that's like, you know, like there's things I've listened to and been like, oh man, I can't fucking figure out the time signature of like what is even happening in this or like, you know, this, this, this song is awesome. I don't think it's in regular tuning and figure out stuff like that. And for me, that's kind of how I, how I, how I um, attribute like J- uh, David Lynch's films. It's like, it's like it's like that. It's it's like a song that's in weird time signature. It's got weird tuning. It's fucking all over the place. It makes sense in its own world, but probably outside of that, it doesn't. But it right. is very cool. Yeah. Um. Because a lot of times people will be like, "Well, I just don't get it." By the end of the movie, and it's like, "Well, this isn't one that you." It's set up that way. Right. You're not really supposed to understand everything that. If you do, then he's done a bad job because yeah. he doesn't want you to. You know. There's like no resolution. It's yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, is is outside of David Lynch? Is there a movie you've seen recently that's been like, I got a Google, uh, you know, title of movie uh, ending explained? Because that's what I usually do to like crazy movies. That that's a movie that I love where it's like I have to Google ending explained. You know, right, right. I have to. I mean, every single movie I watch, as soon as it's done, I go to IMDb and look at the trivia on it. Yeah. Just because I'm always so curious on that. Um, There was one I saw recently that was just like super fucking weird. And I can't remember what movie it was. Yeah, I can't remember. It was very David Lynch-esque, though. It was on Netflix and it had Craig Robinson. And it was just like weird, like. Oh, like he was like shit. he was like a weird like he was like magician a magician guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a is it the one with um is it uh Fly the Concords guy, Jermaine? Is he in it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I know what you're talking yes. about. Uh Yeah, I forget what it was it's called. It's like it's like the title is like the char- like Craig Robinson's character's name yes. is in the title. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah. watching that, and being like, "Man, this is weird." Because I love Fly of the Concords, and I love pretty much anything that uh, Jermaine Clement. Fly of the Concords, I just rewatched, um, and I hadn't seen it in such a long time. And I, every time <laughs> I was watching it, I had to like pause. I like it's classic. I would probably man. have to go back through, but I paused it, and I would just like take clips of it and post it on Facebook, on Instagram, with like hashtag just like biz clips because there's so many good biz moments Jermaine, in yeah. that whole time one of my favorites is like i think it's like the end of season two which is where the whole thing ends but like they get booked at like the airport the, and like the hotel like, like airport the ho- yes yes yeah the leather, yeah, so the leather. Like, right yeah. right yeah and so they get the per diem and they're like cool right. and they spend it all on getting the leather suits and they're like can we have our other per diem, like our more per diem. And there's <laughs> like, no, we, I gave you the whole it's thing per it's day. Per yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, yeah. Murray, the, their manager is so good. He's the best. Yeah. <laughs> I love the, uh, one of my favorite bits that is always just kicking around in my brain is the, uh, the Nigerian prince that he helps out. Right. You remember that? He's like, why would somebody take advantage of me on the internet of all things? One of the most trusted things of today. You know? Um, I love when there's like Flight of the Concords is like no longer has any of the original members and it's like other people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, it's so good. It's it's awesome. Yeah, now that I think about it, there's so many. Yeah, so many uh, music biz uh, bits to it. There's there, yeah, there's so many of the, them. The tour, um, especially like yeah. at the beginning of like I think season two is where Murray has made it with the, those other guys, and so he's like now this like big executive and yeah. has all this money and the big office and stuff, and then he like. They lose it because of like, you know, like copyright, like the song was already written by somebody yeah, else yeah. and stuff like that. And I'm just like, this is such good material. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the, uh, to go back to the, the leather, uh, like uh, hotel, you know, airport Hilton yeah. gigs, uh, just the, uh, the, the tour aspect of it where it's like, we've got three dates and they're like 45 minutes apart. One of them is in the park. You know, one of them is at the the airport Hilton and uh, it just it's so like, you know, you know, you'll see uh, people uh, not in the age of COVID, but you'll see when people are like, oh, we got this tour coming up. You know, it's a three day weekender that's, you know, 30 minutes apart. If there's a tour happening. Right. And you're able to stay home. If you're able to sleep in your bed every night from not that a tour, tour that ain't man. a tour, dude. That's yeah. not a tour. Right. That's not a tour. You're playing way too close to, to all those other dates. You're fucking yourself and the promoter on all those shows. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'd always see that all the time and it would just like irritate me so much. Right. I'm just like, you're home every night. You're home every single night. Like fucking leave. Right. <laughs> you know, or just like, I mean, just don't call it a tour. Just be like, we have shows coming up. Yeah. yeah, that's that's fine. Yeah. What was the worst show that you guys have played? The worst show? Yeah, if there, is there a show that for you sticks out that you're like, this is the worst. This is just terrible. Um, luckily, luckily, there's not a show that's like, fuck, this is fucking dog piss that is sticking out <laughs> my brain. Of course, we've had like really shitty ones, like one. Uh, it was it wasn't shitty because any of the bands, but it reminded me of Fly of the Concords or Spinal Tap type moment. Uh, do you know uh, you Vandal from Gainesville? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we were doing like a a, th- a three day or four day thing out to Texas with them, and uh, <laughs> and uh, the last date was in Dallas, and it was. Um, it, it was at this uh this it was called a theater um and we get there and it's like a uh arts and craft slash uh you know uh slash vegetable festival sure and it's outside <laughs> and the, the stage is about six inches you know six inches off the ground and uh right it's pretty much like playing at a, I don't know, like a flea market, not like a punk rock flea market, but just like a right. normal flea market. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, so you vandal, we're just like, man, we're here. We might as well just fucking set up and play, bro. They, they're going to pay us at least. They, they said like, Hey, we're going to pay you, you know? And so, uh, we set up all of our gear and, uh, you vandal starts playing and, uh, you know, they're a pretty loud band and they've got, you know, cause they're playing through orange cabs and like right. Mesa, Mesa cabs. And so, you know, it's tough to be quiet <laughs> with all that. You <laughs> sure, know? Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> I remember, uh, like 
whoever was like our handler or person in charge of the bands that booked us didn't look us up at all and they're just like oh they must just be like a acoustic groups or something yeah, like that yeah. and so you vandal starts playing with their mesas and their orange orange cabs and uh the woman is just like constantly just like can you, can you turn it down <laughs> and Al- alex the uh, g- guitarist in you vandal he was like at like 0.5 on his amp and right. Right. He was like, I, I can't go any lower. You know, just <laughs> might as well just unplug these things. Uh, uh, but yeah, so we, they played about three songs. I think we just used all their gear, and we're just like, okay, you guys are gonna pay us, so we're just gonna do our thing. It's, right, uh, we right. just played three songs as well, and it was just like, oh man, uh, there was some miscommunication somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but it wasn't ter- you know it wasn't anybody it wasn't our any of the band's faults it was, you know it was right. just like the the promoters were like we need a we need music at the you know at this thing uh but yeah that's one that sticks out in my brain uh is there a recent nice. one for a rebuilder where you guys are just like what the fuck is going on there was one i told recently in florida that was just like terrible but yeah. If we're talking Texas, there's one that comes to mind was okay. like, I, I forget what the name of the place was, but it was something like when we were looking on like where to play, I think we were trying to get a show in like Denton or something like that. Okay. And uh, someone was like, oh, you guys should play like um, Fort Worth. Uh, yeah. Dallas, Fort at, Worth area. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Same, like, same area. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, so I forget what the name of the place was. I think it was like Hemp Hill, like something. And there was like a number to it. It was very much like Gilman-esque. Like, okay. you're like, oh, this place is legendary. Everyone's played here. And we're right. like, sick. And me and Daniel were like, this seems like the place like to play. Popping off, yeah. And I was like, cool. All ages and everything. And like, we're like, great. And like, all ages doesn't really happen here. So like being somewhere where that will happen. I was like, this is cool. I remember we get like close to the place. And I'm like, there's nothing around here. Like at all. There's like even a convenience store is like a good 10 minute walk from like where we are. Yeah. And it's not like a real convenience store. It's just like a shitty liquor store. Right. Yeah. So we're like, all right. I don't know who's coming to this show, you know? So, we walk into this place and it seems like it's two levels. Like the first one you walk into, there's like couches and TV. It looks like you walked into like fucking like Beavis and Butthead's living room, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And there's stairs that go upstairs to like this huge fucking area that is like skate ramps and stuff. And we're like, oh, sick. And so, I mean, right when we walk in, everyone's there's like all these like young kids, like teenagers and stuff on the couch, and they're like just like playing acoustic guitar. And we're like, What's up? Uh, we're playing tonight, and they're like, Oh, cool, yeah. Uh, I'm so and so, like, you know, I'm playing tonight too. Uh, whoever booked the show should be here later, but like, uh, yeah, you can bring in your stuff and like load it right. in. And we're like, Cool, so like, you know, we typically we're very like our, our train of thought is always like. Let's get to where we're going first. Yes. Let's not hang out in the city that we were in. Let's like get to where we're going. Yes. Get, if we can load in early and get all of our shit in there, 
awesome. Absolutely. Then yeah. we have the fucking rest of the day to actually hang out and do whatever. So we go, I think we loaded all of our stuff in and it was just like, I don't drink, but uh, I think a lot of the guys were like, this is a just drink in the van day for a long time right? <laughs> because there's nothing, nothing to do. else to do around here. Um, I think we might have taken the van and gone to like some sort of center of town to get like coffees and stuff for a little bit and just kill a couple of hours or stuff before we came back. And we came back and there was like no change in like the scenery. It was just kind of like, all right, we walk in. There's these, still these five kids with acoustic guitars sitting around playing acoustic guitars. And there was a kid. So like I talked to that kid and I was like, so who else is playing? And he was like, we couldn't get any other band. So it's just me, acoustic. And then like you guys. And I was like, okay. right on. And like to me, like as soon as I heard that, I was like, there's nobody Nothing. coming to this. Yeah. The only person that came out to it was like my old roommate who um, is from Texas. And so we hadn't talked in a long time. And I was like, she was like, hey, I saw that you guys were playing. I'm going to come out to the show. And I right. was like, this sucks that this is the show that she's coming out yeah. to, you know? So we, you know, we go up to like the skate area. The show's like, it's going to start at seven or whatever. And like, I even think that they were like, yeah, we're going to hold doors for a little bit Maybe just to see if more back, people yeah. show up, yeah. you know? And I was yeah. like, yeah, okay. I mean, I don't think anyone else is showing up, but like, okay, right. <laughs> you know? And, um, and so, Finally, the kid plays and he plays and it's just like a bunch of like really shitty acoustic songs. You know, it's fine. And he's playing to his friends. But he has this one song that was just like. I remember the chorus was just like, you are too good to me, my love, or you are so good to me, my love, you know, and it was just that over and over again. And while he was playing it, I think Craig was like. The chords for that song are super easy. They're just like G, D, like E or like A or something. He was like, we should play that kid's song when we go out. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that sounds like, awesome. Yeah, we should do totally it. do that. And so like, I I like, I like think when it was our turn, like we, we started playing it. I've never seen this kid lose his mind. Like he just lost his mind. He was just like so happy. And he was like, like, we were like, sing it, man. Like, you know, sing your song. And, uh, you know, it was just like, like that at least made it memorable to me because I remembered that. And like my friend watched and she was like, yeah, I mean, it was good. Fucking nobody there. And I was yeah. like, yeah. So afterwards, um, this kid comes up to me and like, I think, like, I mean, I'm like 30, I'm like 36. This had to be when I was like, you know, I was probably like 32, 33. Yeah. And this kid who was like 19 came up to me and he was like, do you want to settle the show? And I was like, yeah, man, let's settle. And he's like, can you bring someone else as well? And I was like, what? <laughs> All right. Okay. And then Craig, Craig was yep. with me. It's usually like whoever sells the show is usually me or Daniel. Um, right. It usually does it. But like Craig was there and I was like, I guess there's needs to, do you want to come with me? And he was like, okay. And so we go into this room, it's a small office. Like he takes the key and like unlocks the door and we go into the office and he he uh, he looks at us and he goes, "Can you please face the wall while I open up the safe?" <laughs> Good lord! They're like, okay. "Okay." So we like turn around and me and Craig are just looking at each other, and he's like, "Is this like usually what happens during settlement?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> Look and, at the uh, wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So 
<laughs> Afterwards, Ooh, so the kid, the kid goes, he's like, okay. And like, we turn around and he hands me like an envelope and he's like, we didn't make the room cost today, but we had a really good month. So we're just going to, we're going to pay you out um, like 20 bucks. And I was like, thanks. He's like, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, it's cool. Like, you know, we had a good month, so it's fine. And I was like, Sick. awesome. Right Thank on. you. <laughs> God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> so he handed you was, an envelope yeah. of $20. He handed me an envelope of $20. Like, fuck it. Like, it was like, but it was like almost like it was already ready to go. Like, they were just like, yeah, this show won't do well tonight. What do we do? And they were like, well, just give them the $20 that we have in the fucking. Right. You know, we had a good month this month. So, had a good we'll month. Give them the $20. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, I never want to play that place ever again. Oh, shit. You know? I feel like that happens like there's that happens a lot. Like when you're like booking your own tours and you're small, you know, taking, taking a risk on these places. But I feel like we play a lot of places. I'm just like, I never want to play here again. (laughs) I'm keeping this in the Rolodex of my mind. I don't want to play here, you know? And it's like, it's not that those places are not cool. Like for me, like that spot was great. If a hundred kids came out to that and there was other bands on it, Right. I'll play that all day. Yeah. You know, I don't need a super nice venue. I just need some sort of community there. Yeah. Um, if if there's not that, then like, why am I what here? What are we doing? You know, so yeah. The, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, the, uh, there's definitely $20. <laughs> it was a good month, man. Here's 20 bucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I think I'm sure you guys are the same way where when booking tours, there's like, you got like these anchor dates of like, we know this is going to be a good show. Right. You know, and so, you know, this this random Tuesday, you know, in wherever, in, you know, yeah. in, in Phoenix or whatever, you know. Right. We, we can we can take or leave. You know, hopefully it's going to be, hopefully it's going to surprise us, you know. we. I mean, we rerouted a whole entire tour once because we got offered a Frank Turner date. Like, me and Daniel were booking a tour, getting hold for... <laughs> Um, some of the dates, right? It looked like it was like, all right, these are the dates. We kind of told everyone too, like, you know, see if you can get time off of work for these. And then the Frank Turner camp hit us up and was like, do you want to play a show of Frank in Connecticut on this day? And it would yes. be smack in the middle of our tour. And I told Daniel, I was like, we should move our tour, yeah. <laughs> you know? And he was like, oh, we already got the holds. I go, yeah, but nothing's booked. So just right. tell, just we, we have to move it. Like yeah. we will make more money and play to more people on this one Connecticut show of Frank than we will probably on this whole entire tour where we're right. probably going to be headlining every night and we don't even want to headline every night. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we just, mo- I mean, we moved it, you know, yeah. we moved the whole tour. I think we moved it back a couple of weeks or forward a couple of weeks. I don't remember. Um, and that tour was like fine. Like there was some good dates on that tour. There was a bunch of bad dates on that tour, but the most money that we made from the whole entire thing and the most people that we played to was that Frank tr- show in Connecticut. Yeah. Was it a, uh, was it Frank Turner and the sleeping dogs? Sleeping or? souls. Yeah. Sleeping souls. Band. Okay. Yeah. I can cause he's got, cause you guys did a tour with his Mongol horde. Mongol horde. Yeah. I couldn't remember yeah. the name. Are they, yeah. Uh, are they more like, uh, what are they more punk? Mongol rock Horde or? is 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 like is like his hardcore. Hardcore. Band. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. It's uh So it was like he had his old band Million Dead, 
Yeah. And the drummer of that band is like one of his best friends, Ben, who's awesome. He's like one of the nicest dudes. Um, so this is the band that they made together after like I think it was like after Frank already got huge or something, but there was like it was always a thing that they'd been like writing for or whatever. Right. And then um the keyboard player in Sleeping Souls, Matt, uh plays guitar in that he plays a baritone guitar and there's no bass player and i remember i was like how come there's no bass player in this band they're just like we looked for a little bit but like we kept just writing songs together this way and we're just like well fuck it let's just do it this way like who cares um but it's just like a fun thing that they do that tour is very interesting because like um frank is awesome we've been friends for like a while now and he's always been just like really supportive which is fucking great you know i met him just because um his old tour manager was a really good friend of mine and asked me if i could do a tour a short tour with them where they were like i think they borrowed my van and then i was selling merch every night yeah and we just became friends that way uh so they wanted to do the mongol horror tour obviously those shows would be smaller than just a frank turner show right you know um and so i think it was like we we got the offer, but there was like, if you guys provide all the backline, you can ride on the bus. And we were like, yeah. Yeah. Like, Fuck yeah. I was like, I've, I've, I mean, I've been on tour buses before touring, like just as a crew member, never as like my, yes. my band. Yes. And no one else in my band had, had like been on a tour bus before. Right. So I was like, yeah, we'll do that all day. And you know, like I'm sure if you looked at the, like the money of the tour, like that tour probably lost money because of the bus somehow. But I think it was just more that it's like there's a level of comfort those guys want for sure. I mean, like, you know, they're coming over here. They're used to being on a tour bus all the time anyway. And it's a short tour. So just like, why not? Fuck it. You know, yeah. they're not going to pay to, to rent any gear because they're just going to use ours. Yeah. Um, and like there's no stage hand there's no like crew members to pay because like we acted as crew members for them like we were just like yeah we'll we'll help load in the venue every day and load out and they grabbed their own shit too like watching frank grab a merch bin of rebuilder stuff and bring it into the venue i was like there's something so weird about this you know but you know typically when like a band like like on warp tour for example like if you were to be on a tour bus like even if you're sharing it with someone else like you're paying your portion for there or you're paying your portion for people sleeping on the bus yeah it's typically very expensive it wasn't that situation this time so it was just like the trade-off was just like yep you provide the back line you can ride on the bus and it was one of those things where you know we did pretty good in merch every day we had a guarantee every day where at the end of the tour we were just like, usually I, you know, I, I take all the money and, and I look at it and I'm like, okay, well, this is how much money we have. Let me put in all the expenses. This is how much we've actually made. It's going to get deposited into the band bank account. It'll be there so we can use it for the next tour for something else. Right. Um, that tour, I was like, we don't have any expenses. There's no gas that we had to pay for. Oh, like. Dude. That's, that's there was the no dream, real man. meals. It yeah. was, dude. It was the dream. Like we got like per diems every day, so we were just like leather jackets, leather all suits. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, <shit>. You know, <laughs> and it was awesome. I was like, I, you know, like I mean, we we thanked them like a like so many times. Right. So it's just like, thanks for the opportunity. I don't know if there'll ever be an opportunity again where 
rebuilder will be on the bus. Certainly not for free, you right. know? Um, but yeah, it was pretty awesome that at the end of that tour, we made a shitload of cash just because we didn't have any expenses. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's great, man. That's, yeah. that's so fucking cool. And, uh, it, you know, I've never, um, I've never met Frank Turner. We hit, mm. yeah, I'll tell this story. Uh, we had an opportunity. We had an opportunity. Not going to watch this. <laughs> no, 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 but just for my sake. Yeah. Uh, sure. uh, we had an opportunity to play with him in mobile. Um, uh, and it was kind of short notice. Uh, and our drummer at the time, he's not our drummer now. Uh, I was like, we have to play the show with mm-hmm. Frank Turner, you know? And uh, he was like, man, I've got tickets to go see Eddie Money with my family on that night. And I was like, <laughs> I was like pulling my hair out. I was like, all right. I mean, it's Eddie Money. Dude. Fuck, man. Yeah, Eddie Fucking Money. two tickets to paradise. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, okay, I don't think your heart is in the right place, man. You know, if you don't understand this situation. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, typically in the past, like if we got offered a show, I'd be like, all right, let me check with everyone. But there's some stuff that I've come across the table where I'm just like, yep. You know, and yeah. I'm like, I didn't check with anybody. All right. Because something is happening on that stage that night. Yeah. Yeah. You I got, don't know you, what, you know, who will be the lineup, but right. it is happening. Yeah. You guys got to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You have to. I remember I was um, I was managing this band for a little bit. That was they 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 were amazing. They were called Alan and Dale. They were like a rock folk type band. Okay, but no one knew them. Like no one knew who the fuck they were. They were awesome. And there was a band called the Drowning Men that were coming to Boston, and the Drowning Men had like recently like. Floggy Molly was putting out their record on like their own label and they were like they did gotten like you know the whole like Brixton and Hurley sponsorship so there was like yeah. a lot of hype on the band I don't know if they could draw that well throughout the whole thing but they were like opening tours for like Manchester Orchestra and things like oh, that okay. so like people knew of them and I had done some work with them because my buddy was managing them and I'd, I'd helped a little bit so when they came to town I was like can Alan and Dale open and my buddy was like, yeah, totally. Like we'll, we'll have them on the show. I was like, that's great. They'll fit. Well, it'll be a good show for them to play because there'll actually be some people there. Cause usually they just draw their friends and like some townies, but that's about it. Yeah. And I remember like, I was like, yeah, I got you this show. It's with this band drowning man. And he was like, I don't think Kevin who plays guitar can make it that show, but they had two guitar players cause the singer played guitar. And I was like, yeah, I mean, three piece that night, I guess. Yeah. He was like, um, it's not the same. We need Kevin. I go, I know it's not the same. I understand. Nobody in the room knows that's not the same. I, I, they don't even know any of your songs. Right. Yeah. You just have to go up there. And, I mean, it's, I think it was like a 20 minute set. I was like, Ooh. you guys have so many songs. Right. So like. Figure it out. Just figure out what are the best songs for you guys to play as a three piece. And he was like all right, I think we'll do it. And I was like, yeah, you will. You, you guys don't have other shows. Like, you, you know? And um, 
And they did it. And like, I remember like, I was like, how'd it go? And they were like, it was just really weird playing without Kevin. I was like, I'm sure it was. But like, you know what I heard after that show was a bunch of friends that went. that was like, never heard these guys. They sound like the fucking Credence. It's awesome. I was like, exactly. Next time they see you and they, there's another guy on guitar and it sounds even even better. better, They're going to be so stoked. Right. You know, like, um, and I, and I remember the only other show I got them was with Skinny Lister. And I was pissed about the show because like my buddy was the promoter on it. And he was like, I was I, I was like, can Alan Dale play? And I was like, sure. And they were like down to do it, full lineup and everything. And uh they're like, Skinny Lister doesn't doesn't want a headline. And it was like a room that was like 190 cap. And I was like, Well, everyone's coming for them. For they're coming Lister, off yeah. of a just they're coming off of a dropkick tour. Right. Like there's me tons of people there. Yeah, they rather not headline. They're really nervous about it. They really they don't think that they're gonna sell it out. Ken, like Alan and Dale headline. I was like, well, that's real fucking weird, man. Like everyone's going to come for skinny Lister. Alan and Dale's going to play after them. No one's going to stick around. Yeah. And, uh, he was like, all right, I'll talk to them. And they came back and they were like, yeah, they, they, they're really, you know, they're not budging on this. And I was like, I'll tell the guys." I was like bummed about it. And like, I told those guys and they were like, oh yeah, that's fine. And I was like, it's not fine. Because <laughs> you shouldn't be doing that, but I'm trying. But I just like, I don't know if there's a way around this. They're like, oh, yeah, it's fine. It was yeah. like, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be fun. And I was like, okay. Fine. And uh, the show sold out in advance. And I went back and I was like, can Skinny Lister headline now? And they're like, they won't budge. Ooh, and I was what like, the fuck? The show is fucking sold, sold out. out. And they wouldn't budge. And wow. I remember like, we got there. You know, Skinny Lister played. The room was packed. I think it was an earlier type show, too, where it was going to be wrapped by, like, seven or six. And, like, Damn. they played, and they were like, thanks, everyone, for coming out. And, like, didn't even tell anyone that, like, there time. was anyone after them, right. you know? Like, yeah. no, I mean, why would you think there was anyone after them? It was obviously their show. Um, and, you know, afterwards, there was, like, ten people that stayed, and Alan Dale played. I mean, they they had a great time. I mean, yeah. they, they had, like, zero expectations about anything, which was great. Right. Um, but, like, that always bummed me out so hard. It was, it was just like, man, like, this is such a, like, it's so obvious that everyone is there for Skinny Lister. Jeez, you know? dude. That, that's yeah. pretty wild. Uh, yeah. yeah, the, um, just to go back to the biz, there's just so much, like, like business type stuff you have to learn you know the hard way with doing doing music and touring especially and like do not uh if it's going to be a a kind of a uh, if it's a wednesday do not say uh yeah we'll headline you know yeah (laughs) yeah stuff like that you gotta know too i mean you know it's just there's times where we've all often got just pushed into like the headlining slot and right. like it generally, you know, it generally happened when there was, there was like a year where we had a booking agent. All those shows that we had when we had a booking agent were terrible. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and it's just a matter of like their heart's again, not in it. Like, it's not, they've got no skin in the game or the skin that they have in the game is very small. Yeah. You know, sure. and it's it's one of those things like there's a difference. Like me and Daniel are booking a tour. Daniel's a promoter here in Boston. He books two rooms. He knows the game. Yeah. I've been, you know, I've been doing this a long time and like we know that like all right, 
we're going to fucking Virginia Beach. Like, we know all these bands in Virginia Beach. Yeah. We know we have good shows in Virginia Beach. So, like, we don't have to do a Friday in Virginia Beach. We're already going to have a good show there. So, right. let's just do that show on a Wednesday. Because if we have to headline that one, it'll be fine. People are going to come out anyway, you know? Right. The Friday night, let's do that in a place that, like, looks like they have good shows. And there's other bands that are bigger that we can talk to and be like, can you set us up a show? And, you know, they're going to want us to have a good show, too, because, like, we'll probably they'll probably come through our city and do the same thing, too. Right. And we know not to have them headline. We want them in, like, the second or third slot. So there's people in the room for it. Yeah. So we want to be treated that way, too. When you're a booking agent, you're dealing with venues and like talent buyers for the venues and they say, hey, we have this band coming through. They're from Boston. The guarantee is about two hundred dollars. And that promoter's thinking, well, I, I don't know about this band, but the other artist that they have usually does really well. So I'll say yes to the show. I'll I'll say yes to the guarantee. And then I'll just try to find some locals around if I can. And if I don't find anyone and that's a shitty show that happens, the most they've lost is two hundred dollars. Yeah. And the agent is taking their 10%. So they already got their $20 off of that <laughs> 20 show. bucks, yeah. You know? So, yeah. like, that after the, after the yes has happened, that, from that agent keeping going back and being like, well, who do you have for openers? Or, you know, or like, can, can they not headline? Can they, you put them second or third and have right. someone bigger headline for that as well? Those conversations don't happen in there. Right. You know, the conversation is, yes, they're on the show. I can give them a guarantee. Done. Done. Yeah. And it's over from there. And whenever that's happened to us. I've always been like the squeaky wheel, which is why I fucking annoy the hell out of all these people. Cause I'm just like, what's happening with this fucking show? Do you need me to jump in and find openers? And rather than them being like, yeah, that would actually help the show a lot. They go, no, no, it's fine. The promoter is taking care of it. And there's been times where I've literally like me and Daniel, like there was a show in Philly that we had with single mothers. And I think their agent just wasn't, we didn't hear anything. And it was at, a, a, it was at a record store, creep records where like, I know Eric from God damn it. He owns that place. And I was like, Who's running this show? And he's like, I didn't even know that show was happening here. He's That's like, it must be one of the outside promoter guys that does shows here. He goes, that guy hasn't been doing anything because he's been in the hospital recently. And I was like, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna get like openers in Philly. We yeah. know. I go, my brother's band's in Philly. I'll get them. They have friends. We'll get other ones. And I'll just tell them, I don't know what we're paying you, but if the show does well at the end, I'll just make, we'll, we'll pay you out of whatever Take is the door money. You know, and I think I remember asking single mothers or like, yeah, that's fine. And that show like sold out. And I was like, this wouldn't have happened if, if it, like, it wasn't for us doing something, right. you know. But sometimes you got to do those things because, again, like if if your agent has already gotten like their fucking $20, yeah. you know, like I'm not working hard for 20 bucks. They're not e- they're not either. You right. know. Yeah. Yeah. That's the. uh Because uh, I do all of our booking and it's the. um Whenever it gets to, hey, I'm asking questions and I'm like, hey, who's responsible for X? Who's responsible for, uh, do I need to make a flyer? Do I need right. to get somebody in charge or get involved? Right. Uh, that always, that's the most frustrating part when they're just like, well, I don't know. Uh, Kevin usually handles, you know, but Kevin, you know, he broke, yeah. you know, he's, he's got Where's gout. Kevin? He's got gout. <laughs> Kevin's got gout this week. So, you know, he's out. <laughs> you know yeah even just just, like it's just like you know i'm always like well it's 
Shows soon, man. Who's making the Facebook page? Right. Yeah, like, where's the event page? Where's the, all this stuff? You the, know? the bare. I only asked for the bare minimum of a Facebook event, uh, a fl- a decent looking flyer, one that you didn't make in MS Paint, you know, and uh, just something. Just trying to find a, a decent local, you know. Um, right. Yeah. Right. And we do these booking, and we don't even take ten percent. <laughs> right. Yeah, man. It's all the love, of the fucking love of the game, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess yeah. Charge charge it to the game, you know. Uh, Absolutely, we wouldn't be doing Absolutely. it if we didn't love it. Uh, I did. I mean, that's the that's the thing is like you know, there's you get surprised in this thing and exactly like when yeah. you're touring and you do different cities. Sometimes yeah. you meet other bands that all of a sudden like you're like these these people are great and they care and they right. did us a good show and we're playing to a room full of people and next time we come back, Use these them. people know us and stuff like that. And right. there's no better feeling than like being on stage playing to people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I, that obviously, you know, obviously every other band is in the same boat, but yeah, that's the thing I miss most. Just fucking playing to people that in, you can tell that they enjoy, you know, what you're doing. And that's the, the biggest right. thing for me. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I did, I got a couple questions. So I asked mm-hmm. on Instagram, you know, I said, I'm curious to what people uh, want to. We got, we got two bust my balls about. We got two good ones. Uh, uh, they'll they'll remain anonymous for you know, just to protect the innocent. You know, uh, <laughs> sure. One was um, ask him about how much he loves the band The Bad Ups. Oh, I I know who asked you this one. My friend Carly, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Sal. Um, I, I've I've listened to them. Uh, I think I don't I don't know this band personally at all. Um, okay. I think I think some of the stuff I've heard is like really good and catchy. I and this is just a preference thing. Maybe mm. it's just me, but like I think this has gone back from like from even when I was younger. I just like production. Um, yeah. And so I, I think if you're putting something out in the world, I want it to sound the best you think it can possibly sound right. I don't really like hearing band demos. Like I'm, why do I want to hear like your demo? You know, yeah. like I, I don't want to, I want to hear what the finished product is. Um, so I remember when I was hearing some of their stuff, I was just kind of like, I don't know, this doesn't really sound that good. Like it's, things sound off time. There isn't a click there. Like I can tell there's no click. Cause like there's things off time for sure. And then like a friend of theirs was like, well, they just, they're about to release this. See what you think of this. And I, I listened to that and I was like, well, this sounds a lot better. Like, it sounds like they went to a place. And I think they're really young, too. And I think that's a thing with a lot of young bands. It's like, well, at least they're growing doing the, those things. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, you can look back at all the shit I've done. My old band stuff sounds like fucking dog shit. But at the time, I thought it sounded really good. And I paid yeah. money to have it recorded. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad that, like, you know, even with us, like, with, like, the live stream that we did someone else was like, are you guys going to do another one? There's a spot that you might be able to do it for cheaper. And I was like, we could, but it wouldn't be as good as the one that we just did. Right. If we do another one, it has to be as good or better. better. And, yeah. you know, I always, I always kind of put myself in that mindset. We can't go backwards, you know? So yeah. that's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys record to a click track? Like uh, when you're doing like new songs and stuff like that in the studio? Yeah. Yeah. We figure out what the tempo is. Um, in the practice space, then we'll play to that click um, so that we can kind of get comfortable with it. Right. And then typically when we record, um, 
we'll do the drums first to the click to a scratch guitar. And that right. way it's on the grid and we can, you know, be in time and make everything drums. sound good. If things need to be edited, it's easier to edit because it's to a grid. Um, when we we record, we've, we've recorded a couple of times of Alex Garcia Rivera, who's the drummer of American Nightmare. He has a full analog studio in Medford, really close to here. And it's fun to do like one or two songs there. Like there's times where we're like, we have like one song, like we want to re- record this thing. Let's go try it with Alex. And it is just a very different experience as we're used to recording because it's all analog. There's yeah. no computers whatsoever. That's why. And, uh, you know, like that one we've played live in a room. We've had the click going as like we start to like get the tempo a little bit. Um, but you just have to live with like some of the things that happen during that time because yeah. – you know, my take, which I thought was like fucking perfect for me, might have not been the drummer's best take. So then you're like, do we do it? Like the last time we were there was like, I think like four months ago or something like that. We did a song there for a friend of ours. And um, I remember we like played through this song about like 10 times, maybe more, but there was like 10 kind of sort of takes. Hmm. And like he, he was like, yeah, I mean, he's like, they're not getting any better. Like track. <laughs> Like the fourth one you guys did was like the best one, I think. And I was like, all right, let's stick with that one then, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, have you guys ever thought about going to God City Music in Salem? God City was the first place I actually, I think I emailed to yeah. uh, do a record with. Um, I emailed Kurt and I said to him that... Uh, I was like, we, we're a new band. We want to record our full length. And this is our budget. And he said, my, he said, my overhead is pretty high. I don't, I couldn't touch a project for that, for that price. Yeah. Um, he said, talk to my friend, Jay Moss, um, because he has uh, way lower overhead than I do because the studio is in his house. Yeah. So um, I rem- Jay Moss was one of my first, um, picks but i just didn't think we could get him because he had a manager and i was like uh if i gotta go through a manager going through a manager just means money right you know uh rick our keyboard player at the time had just recorded there with big d on uh, he was doing keys for a track and so he was like oh i have his email i'll send him an email and so he did he wrote me into the conversation i guess at some point Craig and his high school band had recorded with Jay or had gotten it like mixed there. And so didn't Daniel's other high school band. So they were like, yeah, we kind of know him too. So I remember talking to Jay and he like gave me his prices and I was like, okay, maybe we'll just do like guitars or vocals with you or maybe just drums. And he was like, how much do you have for this whole thing? And I was like, this is how much I have. And he was like, he was like, all right, well, I have a week before I start recording the new Defeater record. And your price would like honestly just like kind of pay my more my mortgage for like the month. So like if he's like, if you guys are prepared, I can well, we can do this and have like seven days to do it or something like that. And I was like, oh yeah, we here's the record actually. Like we already recorded it in our practice space pre-pro. So this is what we're gonna do. Yeah. And he was like, You're super prepared. This is great. And so we just went in and did it and it was awesome. And uh he's one of my best friends now, which is Awesome. So that's why, like, we always go there. Like, I won't go anywhere else. It was one of those things where, like, there's, you know, there's places I wish I, we could record, like, the Blasting Room in Colorado, yeah, you know, or, absolutely. like, 
you know, like Electric Lady Studios or one of those things in LA or stuff like that. But like, there's one thing I noticed that like, you know, we would fly there, we'd need lodging and figure it out. Everything would cost more to record at the studio. And I see people doing that with Jay already. Like they're coming in for like, he's recorded a band from like Italy or Australia and they're coming in, they're flying in just to go to him. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, this dude knows what the fuck he's doing and his records sound really good that he is the guy that people are looking for and he's 45 minutes from our house. So makes sense. We're just going to keep using him yeah. because he knows our sound. Um, we, we worked together when we both did, I, I convinced Ramona to do the record with him and um, him and I produced it and it was really fun to like not be working on a rebuilder thing and working on something else and like look at each other and be like, should we try this and this? And he was like, oh yeah, for sure. And like, it was, it was great to do. Not, not as precious, you know, as like your own band. For sure. Right. For sure. That's cool. Yeah. The, uh, cause the, the statue single, that was Jay, right? Oh, monuments. Monuments. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Uh, that one was, we recorded it. We, we got, because I wanted the money to go to charity. Yeah. I applied for a free recording studio day through this like uh, Boston Music Awards and we got it and it was at the Bridge and Sound in Cambridge. Okay. And we recorded it and it was it was cool but like when we got the mixes back I was like the mixes are good it's not what we typically sound like. Gotcha. Um, and I made, I, I said, I want, there was revisions I wanted He made the revisions, but it, I was like, I mean, I could go with this guy all day, but like he, he's, he did a great job. We have a certain sound right? that Jay knows. So I, I remember I sent the track to Jay and I was like, what do you think of this? And he was like, the song is really good. But like, dude, he's like, I, he's like, I'll just do this. But like, if you give me like a day, just get me the stems we can make this sound like a rebuilder track. And I was like, great. So I got the stems and the whole session from that studio and sent it over to him. And I mean, dude, like we got the track back and like on the first listen through, I was like, Oh yeah, Hell this yeah. sounds, it sounds big the way right. it needs to be and everything. And I was like, this is what this song needs to sound like. Cause it's like, you know, it's, it's a very dramatic song. It needs to sound very big and full. Right. I think I had like only a couple of notes and then he was like, Oh, those are easy. Fix them. And then sent it to me. So that that's up there. That's why in, in that song, it says Jay Moss mix. In parentheses yeah. I noticed that. Cause yeah. there is another one that is on Spotify with the original mix that was put out by the compilation that the Boston music awards people put out. Okay. And, um, it's harder to find that one, which is great because I just I wanted to make sure that the one that we did yeah. that had that has the real mix that we like was the one that you could find easy. Yeah, I, I just saw the when I was looking earlier today, I just saw the J Moss uh, version, and I was hoping that was going to yeah. be like a uh, a drum and bass like acid garage sure, like sure. version. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But maybe, you know, maybe that's something you guys can work towards, you know, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been trying to learn MIDI more and more, <laughs> but I'm not that great. At it. <laughs> okay. So we, we did get another question uh, from another anonymous person who yeah. wished to remain anonymous. Uh, yeah. They made that very clear. Um, sure. Why is TKK chicken in Packard's corner running such an insane BOGO deal? 
Dude, I wish I could tell you, but the 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 deal is wild. The deal is that Please. you buy one large bubble tea. One. Okay. You get another large bubble tea, a bucket of wings, and a bucket of boneless chicken with it as well. No, this is not a real <laughs> this is not a real deal, Sal. This is some this is some Disney Disney World fucking fake. My brother is the one who told me about it because he's yeah. he's the one that told me about this TKK chicken in Boston anyway. But uh, typically, me and Daniel get together on Fridays and have like a practice yeah. where we just kind of go over stuff at the practice space and ideas. And uh, I usually pick him up and I, I said to him that when this Friday came around, I said, you want to go get this crazy chicken deal before we go to the space? And he was like, yeah. And like we both went. I still have a bubble tea in my fridge right now because like. I haven't had it yet. We had so much food. I mean, we went to the practice space. We ate all that food. And afterwards, like, he was like, do you still want to, like, play music? And I was like, I don't feel great. Full of chicken and bubble tea. Yeah. 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 Oh, I don't know why they're running the deal. Honestly, that's a biz question that I can't answer. They're, they're losing money on that deal every time. Wow. Man. Uh, <laughs> oof. Yeah. Well, Sal, this has been, this has been good. Uh, stay on for, for a minute, but... I'm, I'm gonna sign off of the show right now yeah uh, for sure you uh you know uh, you had options but you decided to talk to me today I did I appreciate I did. that I would come back anytime hell yeah alright thank you so <laughs> thank you thank you